Welcome back, WNST, Towson, Baltimore, and Baltimore Positive. We are positively a drug city amongst friends today. I got my Maryland Lottery scratch-offs. I got a handful of friends here. We're going to be giving these away. Uh, we're going to be doing that all month long into April. It's the 50th anniversary for the Maryland Lottery. Give them some love. Our friends at Window Nation as well, 866-90-NATION. You buy two, you get two free, and you get 24 months free financing. So, let me, Mr. Statham is here. He will not let that amendment. Oh, the scratch offs? Yes, you're 21. I just, I just, no, I want to okay. make sure that these are real. No, of course they're real. This one's not real. This is the uh, 50th anniversary $50. This is a sample, but these are real. Would you, you can like really one, win. Ingrid? Well, Ingrid's going to no, get No, last one. time I played the lottery, I. Uh, I Guess did what? My, I turned my card in, and I looked down at my feet. There was a penny. It was a side up. It said, in God we trust. <laughs> like I wound up. Uh, I won 20 and, bucks, Ingrid. I never won 20 bucks. Well, I'm going to try I've to have never, you win I've 20 bucks. One. I'd even go out on the Indian reservations where I worked as a doctor. And I had, like, mm-hmm. past time. I, I thought maybe I'd have my moment, but... Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Just, you that, didn't that win. Sound You're not a winner. Came. Oh, I'm a winner. I, I, right. well, I have to introduce you. This is Inger Kolstad. Um, I'm going to give the full story in a moment, but okay. Calvin Statham is here. This is my Hollabird. These are my people. We're in Dundalk. We're a drug city. Uh, I grew up um, a mile and a quarter from here in Colgate, and I've been shopping here my whole life. In seventh grade, the first day of seventh grade, it, it was like sort of revelational for me. Like nobody prepared me. My parents didn't explain to me about getting on a bus and changing class. Like literally, I was lost. Like I showed up seventh grade. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't afraid or anything, but I was like, I didn't know where to go, where to stand. I didn't know about moving classes. I didn't know about 45-minute periods. I didn't know about any of this stuff. But I came in, and Ingrid was in my, my homeroom. So was Stephanie, who's in the room right now. And I had the worst crush on Ingrid Kolstadt in seventh grade. She's the first girl I ever had a crush on. And she's gone on to be this, like, incredible character in my life because I have a friend of mine in Antarctica right now putting pictures of penguins and stuff up. And Ingrid went on to become a doctor, and you live in Annapolis. I just want to give you... Before I bring you into this crazy conversation, he starts making fun of you too because you're about to get it. Uh, you're about to you're about to get crushed. You don't know. I'm aware. You know you're getting crushed today. Tell everybody about yourself a little bit because um, you're, you're a doctor and you you went to Mar- I mean, you went off on this journey and you wound up back here because you were in Florida for a long time, right? I was all over the world. I traveled seven continents, and it's like the Velveteen Rabbit. You know that book? No. Yeah, it's a a children's story, and there are these uh, toys on the shelf, and they're talking with each other. The kid gets sick from an infectious condition, rubella or uh, measles or something, and all the the animals kind of, and the toys have to go. And the toys are talking among themselves. This was like way precursor to Toy Story. And I do remember they, this now. They said that the Velveteen Rabbit was like, you, you couldn't be fragile. You couldn't have rough edges. You couldn't break easily to be real. And Dundalk, of course, is my real anchor. <laughs> this is my real place. You can't hide in Dundalk. You know, you tried to hide between this new hair style that you had. For you. <laughs> you know, it, it, but you can't hide. I didn't, I didn't have and it going I back. Know down, you know the truth that I Here's can't out. hide. That's it. You know, it's all it's all good. Welcome. It's good to have you. So <laughs> and you he can't asked go me far from Dundalk because there's Dundalk people everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> absolutely. In fact, I invited a member. Um, I have a run a charity for nutrition for kids. 
And I invited you know, my board members. And one of my board members and I were talking. And your name came up, because he was an art teacher and you know, music teacher. And he goes, Calvin Statham, Betty Statham, the Statham Singers, Mrs. Ward. And he just started talking all this Turner Station, Sparrows <laughs> Point stuff. And I knew my feet were on solid ground. I knew I couldn't hide, and I knew I was real. You know, I, I go to a lot of virtual meetings now, and the virtual meetings, they work. And I realize, I think, why do virtual meetings still work for me? Well, well they're convenient. I can be in my pajamas. But I realized that there was something about it. Virtual meetings uh, work in, for professionals because every place you go is more or less the same. It's all generic. So it doesn't matter if you're there or not because everything's standard and the same. But... And Dundalk is different. Drug City. <laughs> when I, talk, I told somebody, I told Steve Elliott today about, because people outside of Dundalk have never been to Drug City. And this is like a unique place. There's no other place like Drug City. You know, Dundalk has cool stuff. I want to just tell well, everybody when I how was we got in, here. When I was in Drug City, I couldn't order the drink that I ordered today in Drug well, City. Well, <laughs> Anger's getting fresh. Just... It's good. This is good. <laughs> this didn't happen in Holliburn in 79. So about two months ago, I'm watching TV with my wife. I guess I'm probably watching football. And a My Fair Lady ad came on TV, and it was playing at the Hippodrome. And I said to Jen, I said, man, My Fair Lady is like one of the great cool things I did in my life was I was in My Fair Lady. And I always tell my wife, and there's no video of it. There's very few pictures. Uh, I, Jeff Cram, I think, found some pictures uh, that he was going to send up to me as well. Uh, and he played the lead. He played Henry Higgins in it. So two months ago, My Fair Lady, and I said to Jen, do you want to go? And she's like, yeah, sure. And we like shows. We'll go down and see it. We saw Wicked. You know, we'll go see something. And I said... I wonder how Mr. Stadium's doing. I wonder if I could take him with me, if I could find him. So Patrick is your son, is my Facebook friend, and I've been trying to track him down for years. So I ran into Mr. Stadium with my mother when my wife was in the hospital infirm with leukemia back in, I guess it was 15 or 16 in that time, because my wife wasn't with me. Because my wife would have remembered him because he's a force of nature, right? Mm -hmm. So I saw him and I said, we got to get together. We got to get together. My wife, hospital, cancer, hope to keep her alive. She's here. She's beautiful. It's good. Um, but we never saw each other. It was with my mother. And then my mother died and we never got together. And I called you and you stonewalled me, Statham. Uh, and, and we didn't get together a couple, three years ago. And I said, all right, I'm going to call him. So I called you. And tell everybody the hard time you gave me. I can't go in. I'm old. You talk too fast. You talk too fast. So all of that going on. So I, I get him. And, and Lori Piper and Jerry Piper saved me and my wife on the Crab Cake Tour two summers ago with their boat in St. Michael's and put us up for a couple nights, COVID-free, in the middle of the plague. And... Um, they jumped on my Facebook, and I had told her, we had talked about you on a boat that night, having late-night beers on a boat in St. Michael's during a storm. We're just out on a the boat, their dog, it's summertime, and Calvin stayed in my... And, and Jerry's like, oh, I love Calvin. I'm like, all right. So it hit me that they knew you well enough to, to crang you, you know, like to grab. So I called Lori. I said, we're going to double team Statham, mm -hmm. and we're going to get him down to My Fair Lady. <laughs> so Lori's like, Jerry, I'll pick him up. And I'm like, I'll buy the tickets. <laughs> so I bought five tickets. We're down in the, I got three in the, the, four in the fourth row on the edge and one in the back. My wife went and sat in the back, and the four of us sat together. And we went down that night. And I, mm -hmm. this is true, Ingrid. This is the reason you're sitting here. He and I started getting together. 
together. He's not drinking. I'm drinking. My wife's drinking. She's drinking. I'm drinking. And he's being funny. And we started talking about My Fair Lady. And he said, remember Stephanie Powell? Do you remember Ingrid Coulson? And I'm like, yeah, they're on my Facebook. And I was pinging Stephanie from the (laughs) club room down at the mechanic. And I'm like, I'm going to drag Calvin out and do a show with him. And then at some point, I said to him, if we grab you after the show, take you out to play the piano, would you play the piano? He said, I'll play it all night. That's what you said. You said, I'll play it. You said, I'll play it all night. I must have been. No, 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 no. (laughs) So that's how we got here. And I, I, I looked at my phone for Ingrid's number and I'm like, I don't have Ingrid's number. I was trying to find you because he asked specifically <laughs> about you. So I am glad that I got to bring the two of you together, and I'm glad that you stopped your medical practice for a couple of hours to come up here. But tell everybody about this guy, Ingrid. What, what do people need to know about this guy? Mm. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about this guy? Be careful. You're the person who... Taught me something before I knew I needed to know it. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you played the piano, right? You I came did. into school. Yes, I, mean, I do. Well, but not so well. No, but you I'm played the piano and, and when you were 10 years old, 11 <laughs> yes, years old, yes, right? She, she played for me. That's one of the things I remember about Ingrid, too. She played for me one day. You did. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you, how many children in your world like Ingrid came in at 7th grade, 8th grade, 6th grade later on and could play the piano? That, that you had talented musicians before? No, not, not too many, but there were some. I had one named Kathy Respenick, I think was her name, if I'm not mistaken. And Kathy played for me uh, when she was a 7th grader, I believe. And uh, she played pretty well. She really did. She played pretty well. Then I had some who, who could play very well, and I would let them play, you see. I encouraged them to play. I encouraged them to do That's that. That's a teacher in you. Yeah, I know. I know that. But, I mean, I, I did encourage them to, to play. And uh, some of them, I'm sure, are still probably playing. You know, if it's, not, if it's only for recreational purposes, just to relax yourself... But I'm going to be honest with you. There's one instrument I would never have in my home, and it's called a piano. Why? I played it so long. I'm serious. I I just never wanted a piano. It was work. No, no. You had to go to school to play it? You didn't want to play it at the house? Right. I played it at school. I played it at church. Every time we had company, our parents, and I was the last one left at home, and, and that was kind of embarrassing to me. My father, of course, like I said, he was a musician. Calvin, I want you to come play for, for our guests. So, of course, you had to go in and play the piano, and you had to pretend that you really was enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but... I really was not enjoying it, but I pretended anyhow, and I played this and that and that. And then when you were playing for older people, they didn't want to hear some of the music that I was playing at the time, so they wanted to hear religious music. And of course, I'd play. I'm glad I brought this. Thanks to my son for this. I would play something like that. And, 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 
the grown-ups would say, you didn't look down at your hands. I said, no, I didn't. Well, how did you do that? I said, my sister. She taught me, start where you want to start. After that, feel it. Feel it. There you go. Now you're getting it. That's exactly what she told me. So I was missing a finger, so I can never feel it. (laughs) And I listened to Ingrid talking about Dundalk people. Now I'm going to tell you some more stories, which are true. I was on Disneyland stage, the Golden Horseshoe Theater. And all of a sudden, with the Clara Ward singers, out of the balcony, it's Statham! <laughs> I couldn't get over it to save my life. I mean, they yelled Statham, and they were there visiting Disney World, Disneyland in California. And of course, after the show, they came up to see me. Now, I'm going to be very honest, I, I sort of got used to them, and, and, and I, I have to sort of feel my way to find out who they are, and of course, I, I do that. I have had a little way of doing that, and so I did eventually recognize them. Sometimes I recognize very well, and then sometimes not, not as well as I used to. But that was one time, and my wife was from Detroit, Michigan, and we were in shopping mall in Detroit. I heard it again. It's Statham! <laughs> and it, Madeline said, there's another one of yours. That's a Dundalk. That's a Dundalk coming out. Uh, it is, it uh, but it's true. It is true. <clears throat> it is really true. And I mean, they don't forget you either. They don't forget you. My, my, my uh, children, I have to say this for all of you. They really have made me feel loved, wanted, and everything else. And it's, it, it was just, just a pleasure to teach, a pleasure to teach the children. I mean, and they were my, I'm going to say it again because I never say it enough. They were my children. I loved them. They were my children. And Madeline tells me all the time, like I told you before, Calvin, they are grown. (laughs) They have children of their own. They have their parents. I said, but still, I'm not trying to interfere with the parents. I'm not trying to interfere with the children. I just want them to know that they are still my children. I feel 12 years old right now. Don't you, Ingrid? That's that's the way I, I treated them. And I mean, what more can I say? Love is love, and, and I don't care who knows it. I love my children. And at the time I came to Hollabird, like I said, it was an unusual situation. It was a very unusual situation. In a way, I was frightened. I was one of my kind there, the only one of my kind there, you see, teaching. But my children, my children, that's when I started calling them my children. And I mean that. They made me a teacher. They made me a teacher. And, and I love them until this day. Any of the children, I, I get choked up just talking about them. But any child that I have taught, one thing they can say, Mr. Statham tried to do the right thing by children. But Mr. Statham also wanted to discipline his children but Mr. Statham was always made proud by his children. So you see, I have so much to be thankful for. 
lots of teachers forget that sometimes. And I'll get on them. I'll get after them sometimes. I said, let your children know how you feel. Let them know how you feel. They are old enough to know, and, and they want to know how you feel. And if you cannot be true about it, don't say it. If you cannot be for real, don't say anything. Just keep quiet. But I'm going to be for real, and I've always tried to be for real. Mr. Statham, your voice has not aged oh, at yeah. all. <laughs> well, so yeah. you are justified in calling us your kids. <laughs> yeah. I almost want to make him mad just to get that look age. in his eye. You know, I, I want to. So I, I, let me say this: I asked you this that night. I want to. I, I want our friends that are here and people that were involved. In you. I remember the time with my fair lady, and and I'll, I'll give you a hard time about Freddie, and I'll sing and do all that stuff with you in a minute, but. You did a lot of shows, and I remember being in your class and seeing the um, the, the the little uh, booklets for Bye Bye the, the shows you'd already done, mm-hmm. we, uh, South Pacific, West Side, whatever the stories were. And I, and I'll bring Stephanie in on this because I thought you were going to do Annie with her, but you did My Fair Lady <laughs> our year, right? And I, I, I remember being a part of it, and we would go down to Dundalk Middle School, but it was like... It was like hard work. I, I played on sports teams, you know what I mean? I had been a part of things. I had been in the Cub Scouts. I had been a part of group activities. And as a kid, I mean, I'm 11, 12 years old or whatever, and your choral things were hardcore, and you were demanding on, you know, singing at Christmas and spring. But the show and what you brought to it, I, I don't want to get too emotional thinking about it, but, like, you made us feel like we were great. Like, the, but, the night we went on stage that night, we thought we were, like, on Broadway, and you had us beaten, beaten, beaten into doing it perfectly, you know? Like, it was going to be perfect, or, and you were adamant about it, and you were prepared me for real life because it was freaking business. This was serious. It was important, and you had to do it right. It was really, really important. And I don't know that everybody got... You called it love, I would call it discipline, you, you know what I mean? But there was a discipline that you brought to that. But it was a combination of both. Don't leave out the love and don't leave out the discipline. They okay. went together. They go together. And if you, if you know that, if you knew me, you, you saw that go together. Oh, uh, yeah, there's no it. question about that. Let but me, I thought they paid you let, to do that. Like, no, you, no. You, you, I ask you, did you have to put a show on? It Was that no. part of like your job that you had to do it? Because no. the amount of work you put in with every Ingrid, every, every person to sing their songs, do their parts, there was no three people helping mm-hmm. you. You had a time in your office, and you had to sit and learn your song. And mm-hmm. if I would have been Freddie like Lou, Lou Vachoni, I would have had to sit with you and learn it. And, you know, like all of that, right? But, but see, here's what I'm, I'm saying to you. You get that in? Okay, I got that in. When I, when I came out of high school. <laughs> Where's Lou? He's when I came out of high school, I, we had done shows like that. My sister was famous for doing shows uh, down in, in Turner Station. And, and she brought so many children out of the woodwork at Silas Point. Had you been in her shows? Your yes, sister's shows? Of oh, course, of course. Of okay. course. And, uh, but I, like I said, I patterned my teaching life. She was my mentor. My own sister was my mentor. I didn't know this. And, I'm glad and, that you're and hearing she taught, she taught me. She taught my brother also, my brother that was uh, killed in the car accident. But she taught us. But when I started myself, I did not want to bring to the children 
a Mary Had a Little Lamb show or a Three Blind Mice show. I said, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to do a real show. And I started with something called operettas. The first operetta I put on was called Marrying Marion. And I had two brilliant, two brilliant students, Celeste Dalmeso and her sister Bonnie Dalmeso. You probably don't even know them, but they lived over in, in Berkshire. And when I heard those voices, and a guy named Tony Calabrese, I heard the voices. I said, uh-uh, these children are going to do something worth doing. And I mean, they put on a show, that first show, Marion Marion. I tell you, I was so proud of those children, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't wait until the next show. I could not wait. And the next one was called The Gypsy Troubadour. The next one was called The Fortune Teller. Then I said, uh-uh, I'm going to stop doing operettas. I'm going to start doing musicals. And that went in my brain. I said, I'm going to do it. The first musical I did was Lil Abner. Okay. Oh, boy, it was fun. It was fun, 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 fun. And I mean, those kids put on a show that would not wait. And it was at that time when the principal from Dundalk, uh, junior high at that time, would come. He'd never missed my shows. He would come to every one. He wouldn't go home. He would stay. Sometimes he would call me, Cal, let's go out and get something to eat, and I'm going to your show tonight. I said, well, that's great, Mr. Refo. You come on to my show. And he did. After little Abner, I, I think I went to maybe South Pacific or, or Oklahoma or, or I did shows like that. I never did baby shows. You I, did Roger and Hammerstein yeah, shows. Yeah, I, I did. I like, I like challenges for children. And, 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 <laughs> but my children <laughs> took the challenges. They took them. They did. But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, for their ages, boy, oh, boy. You couldn't beat it. You couldn't beat them. They were fantastic. These were children. Sometimes I would be paralyzed sitting at the piano looking at them when they weren't making me laugh. But, I mean, I would look at them and i say, these are children, and they are doing this. You see, they are doing these things. The king and I. Who would think that junior high school children or middle school children would do a show like The King and I or... or my Fair Lady, you see, The Sound of Music. I think I must have done The Sound of Music. I did it before I left Hollabird. I did it when I came back to Hollabird. I did it at Pikesville Junior High School. I loved The Sound of Music. The I Hills Were Alive from Pikesville to Dundalk. <laughs> Say what now? The Hills Were Alive from... The Hills Were Alive in both places. Both uh-huh. places. My... And when, so I, your when I left Hollabird, <laughs> I didn't even know I had left Hollabird because the children at Pikesville were just the same to me. It was the same exact thing. They were fantastic. They were the best children. Hollabird was fantastic. They were the best children. I just felt like I went from one place to the other, but I shared my talent with, with children. All that mattered to me was 
sharing the talent with children. So I call him 10 weeks ago. And no, he called me. He called me. He calls me. Nick said it'd be 10 years ago. No, no. He calls me and I picked the phone up and I saw, I looked down and I saw the number 477. I said, hello, Mr. Jadim. He says to me, is this Mr. Zoltan Karpathy? (laughs) Yes, that's who you were. That's who I was. He, He knew what I was in his show. And all I remember about that is I didn't really want to. Be, I, I, I'm going to kid you, and I'm going to sing, and we're going to be mm-hmm. stupid. I wasn't good enough to be Freddie at that time, although I love that part and I love that song. But you made me this crazy Hungarian <laughs> uh, uh, speech pathologist. But more than that, I didn't know anything. Of, like I did my part. I tried to learn my lines. I wasn't very good at it. Like I'm, I'm still not good at remembering lines. Um, and the night before the, the first rehearsal was like, the rehearsal was like Wednesday or Thursday, and then we did the show Friday and Saturday or whatever. And I showed up, and all I remember is your wife uh, being, she did makeup. And I'm like, and I had a tuxedo I had to wear. And I was, you know, I was, I was an Ovaltine. I was this big and this wide at that time, you know. And, um, which is why Ingrid didn't want anything part of me. But that's no story. That's no story. So, so, no, so. Your wife did my makeup, and she brought me this dead rat, and she glued it onto my face. And every night for three straight nights, I had she. I know what your wife. Your wife was in my face. I smelled her because she was up doing all this makeup. I had I had two hours of makeup and glue, and I had to let it sit on my face and like all of this stuff. Stanley Jablonski just walked in. Look at you from Chicago. To Dundalk, look at you. So, so um, y- your wife put this stuff on my face, and all I remember, Calvin, I still think I got the, I still think I got the glue behind my ears. My skin peeled off. It was awful. So I am so angry at you for giving me that part because, and I'm mad at your wife for. Doing that stuff on my face. I, I was traumatized, Mr. Statham. Oh, that's too bad. I was. That's too bad. That's to my point about Dundalk being real. It was, it was tough, a, man. Was but you, hard to you, be all I remember real. is I was trying to flirt with Ingrid at Squires afterwards, and I had all of this glue <laughs> behind my ears. You know, I got glue all over me. Calvin Statham is here. Ingrid Kolstadt's here. We have friends here. <laughs> Stephanie's here. I want to talk to my fair lady when we come back. I've got uh, yearbooks. Is there anything you want to say to him before I let you get out? Because you got you got to get on the road. You're tell everybody what you do with health and stuff and where to find you. Cause like you're you're a special person, and I want to make sure everybody knows what you do. Oh well, well thanks. I was thinking about what I was saying about uh, Calvin Statham teaching me what I needed to know before I needed to know it. I liked hanging out by the piano, hiding under the piano, or by, by the piano, or whatever. And he would make the piano like vibrate in these different ways. I don't like put my hand. How come the piano can like sing on its own as well as that? Like my piano didn't do that. He played it differently, is what you're saying? Yeah. So <laughs> when I was there, like in the chorus or something, you know, kind of put my hand on the piano. And then I went to part of my medical training and stuff. I was at um, Gallaudet to learn, like, it's a school for the deaf. deaf. And they said, You come into the dance. And I thought, Dance? <laughs> How do you dance? <laughs> 
and, and then I remembered the piano. And that's what they all did. There were like people standing on the walls and around the piano, putting their hands there to get the rhythm. And I said, that's it. I got it. You feel the rhythm. It's something internal. It's more than like your ears. It's your, your whole body. You kind of have to put yourself <laughs> into it. I've been fascinated at the effects of like rhythm. And the other thing is you helped me impress people. Mm-hmm. When I was a, a first time I like, uh, married into a, a family that observed Passover, and I started crooning stuff like, go down Moses. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, Whoa, where'd you learn that? <laughs> they, didn't, oh. they didn't know you had a soul background. Uh, they knew that. <laughs> they knew you would spend some, some, some weekends with the stadium singers back in Dundalk in the 70s. Absolutely. Well, Ingrid's, Ingrid's Skullshot and, and, and Calvin Stadium are my guests. It's all brought to you by the Maryland Lottery. I got some scratch-off tickets. Uh, Stan's going to get one, even though he's from Illinois these days. Uh, it's also brought to you by our friends at Window Nation. I want to take a break. We're going to get some more drinks. We're at Drug City. We're upstairs with the tasting room at the fountain. Come on by. Say hello. Can uh, I do this for Ingrid? Sure. Play. <laughs> Go down, Moses, way down in Egypt, and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. There we go. We're going to take a break. (laughs) Woo, it's good. WNST, Tassel Baltimore, stay with us.